This is Pastor D.R.E. on the M.I.C. And this is Day 41's Prime Cuts. Hope that you had a good week on this week. And if it hasn't been, this is your time to release. Let your hair down and let's give God some praise. Okay, so you know how we start the show as we started it on last week. We always got a declaration that we make. And the declaration goes a little something like this. I want you to repeat after me. Somebody just say, I believe. That God's word is true. It is the final authority in my life. Therefore, everything that God has said concerning me shall come to pass. Now, with that being said, if you believe that everything that he has said about you is going to come to pass, let me drop this nugget in your ear. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So what I want you to get from this passage, from this scripture, from this declaration is that God is with you no matter where you go, no matter what's going on in your life, God is with you. I don't care how far away you think he is or how far you think you have fallen, God is with you no matter where you go. There's no place you can go that you're out of his presence or there's no place you can go that he can't see you. God sees you. God is concerned about you. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He doesn't throw you away when you make mistakes. He's always there waiting for you. To come back home. He's always there waiting with his arms out wide. You know, as a father is waiting on his son to, to, to come and embrace him. As a father waits on his child or a mother waits on their child when they're having problems in their life and they they've made mistakes in their life. That parent is always there ready to embrace that child. Good parents, anyway. That's how God is God is with us. He is waiting to embrace us. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with. God can give us our answer. He will comfort us. He will deliver us. All we got to do is know that we have to come to him. Don't be ashamed to go to God. No matter what you do, don't be ashamed to go to God because God will never be ashamed of you. That's our declaration. That's what we're standing on today. And so with that being said, I will be right back with today's word. This is Pastor D.R.E. And what I want to tell you is knowledge is power. As a matter of fact, the Bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Well, I have a recommendation for you. And that is the YouTube channel, Earn Your Leisure. That's right. Earn Your Leisure. On this channel, you will be flooded with knowledge. On this channel, they bring on some of the top people in their field and they give you the knowledge absolutely free. So now listen, whether it be subjects like finance as far as building wealth or saving, or maybe you want to know about stock options, what you should invest in, or maybe you just want to know the information that many of the upper class know, this is the channel for you. Check them out. Earn your leisure. All right, I'm here back here with you. I, I wanna I wanna talk to you for a minute 
I want to come from Numbers chapter 13, uh, verses 30 through 33. Numbers 13, 30 through 33. And it says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave their children, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers. I want you to key on this part. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. I want you to key on that last part in verse 35. I'm sorry, in verse 33. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight so what i want to I, I want you to see in this in that sentence all this is good but what i want you to see in that sentence is the 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 enemy or or the people of that that were dwelling in the promised land were like were like giants in their sight uh and and so uh as a result they saw themselves as grasshoppers in their own sight. And so they figured or they knew that the people that were in there saw them as grasshoppers as well. I want to I want to deal with this issue of or ask you this question. How do you see yourself? How do you see yourself? And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. When, when we look at this scripture, we are looking at a people that God has been with from the beginning. We are looking at people who have asked God for help, who has who has cried out to God, and God has sent them a deliverer. We are looking at people who, who got delivered and got in the desert. And uh, of course, they're being led by Moses. And, and so they're in the desert. And we see throughout their journey that God has been with them throughout the entire journey. We are, we are looking at people who, who were uh, miraculously or divinely uh, uh, sustained by God when they got manna from heaven and quail that would just come. They, they got fed from heaven. I want you to get this now. They had all this happen. We are looking at a people where God shows out on their behalf when he splits the seas so that they will walk on dry land. They're not even walking on muddy land. They're walking on dry land. God split the seas so much and drew up all the water so much that even the, the, the ground that was that was under the water all that time, you got to think about this, that, that water that was on top of that ground, all that time, the ground wasn't even wet when they passed through. We're seeing a miraculous God. And so now God has promised them 
the promised land. He has took them out of slavery. He is getting them, he has sustained them in the desert and he is getting ready to give them the promise. The promised land that flows with milk and honey. The promised land where vegetation is 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 great. It's in abundance. Where food is in abundance. Where they'll be able to uh, uh, leave an inheritance for their children and their children's children. This is the promised land. And so Moses does something that you know, uh, you know, could be kind of suspect. But you know, to to help give them maybe some encouragement, Moses sends out spies. And so when he sends out spies. They see that the land is flowing with milk and honey. They see that the land is great, but yet they also see that the land is inhabited by giants. And yet they see that the inhabitants is inhabited by uh, the enemy. In other words, this is not going to be something they just walk into uh, without any conflict. Oh God, I want you to get this now. It's, it's not that they're going to walk into this land and nobody's there, but there are going to be people there. There will be the inhabitants there, but they already have a promise from God that the land is theirs. Can I take a side journey for a minute? Because I feel like I need to say this. Sometimes we have to understand, although God has given us something, we still have to fight for it. We still have to at least show up for the fight. We still have to understand that we might have to have conflict, that we may have to battle, but but in the end, we already have the promise that we win. In the end, we already have the promise that whatever God has said concerning us is going to come to pass. Glory to God. I think somebody needed to hear that right now because you're waiting on the promise of God. You you have this promise before you that was spoken into your life and, and you're seeing opposition that is blocking you from getting to the promise. And you're staring at the opposition saying, well, if it was really mine, there would be no opposition. Well, that's not true. What what it means is they are just they are just taking care of whatever uh, God has promised you until you get there. That's how you need to look at it. They're in the promised land, and and the way you need to look at this thing is you were taking care of the land, what God has called mine, until I got there. Now, now that I'm here, you must give up my stuff. Glory to God. Glory to God. I hope somebody got that. They were only just taking care of they were they were only they were like field hands for you. They were just keeping it intact, keeping it ready for you. But now go possess what God has given you. Go take it, take it, take it, receive it, what God has for you. But I want you to see this. I want to get back to this because I don't want you to lose this. So we're looking at verse 33. And at the end of verse 33, it says, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. I want to ask you, how do you see yourself? Because how you see yourself will determine what you receive for yourself. Let, Let me say that again. How you see yourself will determine what you receive for yourself. 
See, many of us, we we don't we don't see ourselves the way that God sees us. God sees us as as how he created us. You must understand God created you. And when he created you, he created you in his likeness, in his image. There's no failure in you. God never creates anything that fails. God never creates anything that's not supposed to be prosperous. You are supposed to be prosperous. You are supposed to be victorious. If you're going to be made in the likeness of God, you cannot fail. You cannot be defeated. You have everything that God has. Catch me on this. You have everything that God has. But because some of us don't see ourselves as being strong or being mighty or being watch this some of us don't uh, don't see ourselves as, as being deserving or worthy of being blessed then we 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 tend to take less uh, or live beneath our means live beneath what we could have because we don't see we don't see we don't recognize who we are. It's not that we're not gifted. It's not that we're not anointed. It's not that God is not on our side. God is on your side as he was with Israel. He has shown Israel, the children of Israel, that he is on their side with the many miracles that he has performed on their behalf if god was not on their side he would not have fed them from heaven if god was not on their side then he would not have delivered them from egypt but yet because in their minds in their minds they're less than then they can't receive what's really theirs you will never uh uh uh, receive what God has for you if you can't see as he sees, if you can't see yourself as he sees you. And so what happened with Israel is because they could not see themselves being victorious, they could not see themselves having the promised land that was promised to them. Then they end up wandering in the desert. I wonder if anybody under the sound of my voice has ever been a person who has been wandering in a desert. You know, normally when you think about deserts or or when you think about deserts, we understand that deserts are are cold places. It's 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 very cold at night. It's it's very hot during the day. There's not a lot of vegetation. It is the exact opposite of the promised land. It doesn't flow with milk and honey, but everything is scarce. There is scarcity in, 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 the, in the desert place, in that wandering place. When you are wandering, you, you, you can't find a home. You can't find any rest. You can't find any peace. And unfortunately, many people are like that right now. We can't find any rest. We can't find any peace. Whether you go to church every day or you just go on every Sunday or whether you just go on Easter, many of us are in that same predicament where you are what they call a lay member, whether you're just a member that watches on TV, whether you be a member in the church, whether you be the pastor of the church, many of us are finding ourselves in that wandering place where we have no peace in our lives because we can't see ourselves 
as God sees us. We are taken advantage of because we can't see ourselves as God sees us. Even in the natural, let's 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 leave the church for the for a minute or the body of Christ for a minute. But even in the natural, many people who can't see themselves as being much are taken advantage of. That's why you can have someone who who takes advantage of you and abuses you and call you names and degrades you and spends all your money and spends all your resources, and you will call them friend. Why? Because they are saying to you something that makes you feel good they are saying to you that you you know you're their friend they're they're, tr they're giving you value and it's in, in in a strange way because even though they down you and degrade you they claim you and so you say well that's my friend and people on the outside are looking at you crazy because they're trying to figure out why are you putting up with this why are you allowing him to do this to you? Why are you allowing her to speak to you like this? Because you are at a place where you don't see yourself as being much. You're in a place of wandering. Can I tell you a little secret? This is why a lot of people are promiscuous. Oh, I know a lot of people like to say, you know, that men are dogs and everything else. But one thing I have learned over time and hear me good is that dogs are not born. They're created. And let me say that again. Dogs are not born. They're created. There, there's no man that is naturally a dog, but he is created. Now, how he is created varies sometimes. Sometimes he can be taught by his father or people in his family, but oftentimes he is taught to be a dog because no one claimed him. No one uh, told him who he was. And so because he is suffering from an identity crisis, because no one told him anything about himself, nobody saw value in him, he will go find value. He or she will find value in the bed. And so when that woman tells that man, oh, you're so good and you're you're the best daddy and, and, and start speaking all these words in his ear, it strengthens him. And he says, well, this is who I am because they are cheering me on with this. I am finding value in this. They said I am good at this. We have to be careful what we what we as 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 leaders, as as parents, we have to be careful how we promote certain things in our children's lives. Can I be honest with you? We have to be careful how we promote things in anybody's life that we have a say in or or influence in. So when that woman tells that man, oh, you're so good, you 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 know how to hit my spot and, and, and all these other things, it makes him feel empowered. When that woman is uh is is told by that man, you're the best I ever had, and I love you, and everything else, she is she is empowered uh by his words, and so now she finds value in him, even though he may not be the best thing for her, even though she might be the side piece. It doesn't matter because no one told her who she was. No one told her that she was beautiful. No one told her that you're my my, my daughter or uh, no one told her that that she she's she's smart. No one gave her value. 
a lot of men don't cheat because they they they're they're suffering at home you know suffering physical um relations at home they a lot of them cheat because the their wife would not listen to them their wife doesn't push them their wife doesn't uh edify them at all and so the first woman that tells him he is a good man or or that she needs them then then he goes over there and vice versa you know you if 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 a if a man does not value his wife whatever man will show value in her she will she will leave her husband and and go to uh that man because he makes her feel like she's valuable i know what i'm talking about trust me but it's all about finding value and, and so it's all about it's all about you know you you find a value many people don't have value they don't see the value in themselves when they look in the mirror they don't see somebody who's powerful they don't see somebody who's valuable they don't see somebody who's smart they just see less than and so they put up with the disrespect they see less than and so men don't mind being emasculated they see less than and so everything that god has for them they don't feel like they deserve it or they don't believe that they can have it how do you see yourself in genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and 27 it talks about uh god created man it says let us make men in our own image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all the earth and and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created him male and female let me throw that in and female he created man and female in his own image now when we look at the story of the creation of the world we understand three things about god we understand that he is a creator he created the heavens and the earth and, and all the beasts of the field he created man all by what all by his word and he says let us create man in our own image which means that you are a creator as well your words have power as well life and death are in the power of the tongue you're powerful and you don't even know it we understand that god is wealthy that he owns things god is all about ownership oh god i wish i could he's all about ownership because if he created everything that means he owns everything and that's how we need to look at it if god created everything and he has given me uh the same thing or the same power I, i'm his child uh so that means that i own everything watch this if god wa walks in authority if everything uh that was created by him uh has to obey him then that means that everything that he has created has to obey me. Why? Because he's given me that authority. 
Notice the word given. As a matter of fact, when you look at that scripture in verse 26, it says, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Watch what it says. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Let them. It didn't say uh, they will have to earn it or it didn't say I could, you know, it, it didn't say that you had to buy it. It says, let them have dominion. In other words, he gave you authority. For the mere fact that you made in his likeness, for the mere fact that you are his child, he gave you authority. And so with all that being said, you being a creator, you being wealthy, having ownership in this world, you being able to walk in godly, divine authority. Why can't you see as God sees? Why can't you see as God sees? Why can't you believe that what he promised you is yours. Now, we always go to that scripture. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, it has to happen. We always quote, uh, God's word will not return to him void. But why is it when, 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 when we think about what he has promised us, the prayers that have went forth, when we were in our prayer time and the things he have told us, we, we can't believe it. The, the promises in the Bible, in his word, we have a hard time believing it. Why is that? Could it be that we that it's not that we don't have faith in him, but we don't see ourselves as being anything? How do you see yourself? Romans 8, 31 says, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Oh, God. Who can be against us? When you drop down to verse 37, it says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Let me let me just read all of this for you. It says in, in verse uh, 31, Romans 8 and 31 says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely underline that or remember that freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? If it is God who justifies, who is who who is he who condemns it is christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of god who also makes intercession for us he's always speaking on our behalf glory to god who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for your sake we are killed all day long, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, and all the things I just named, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Watch this, through him who loved us. 
I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. You need to get that in your spirit. I'm more than a conqueror. No matter what comes my way, I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, you might be bad and you might be conquering everything else, but you won't conquer me. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. In other words, it doesn't matter what you bring my way. I got somebody who has my back that you can't handle. I'm more than a conqueror. I will leave you with this. Psalms 139, 13 and 14. It says, for you, you created my innermost being or my inmost being you knit me together in my mother's womb i praise you because i am fearfully and wonderfully made your works are wonderful i know that full well you are fearfully and wonderfully made i want to talk to that person for a moment who has low self-esteem who has been told all your life you ain't nothing who has been told all your life you ain't smart enough who has been told all your life you will never be nothing you wasn't nothing your mama wasn't nothing your daddy wasn't nothing they counted you out because of who you were born to god says glory to god i feel it you are fearfully and wonderfully made I didn't make a mistake with you. I made you wonderful. I made you and I put everything inside you that you would need to prosper in life. I don't make mistakes. As I created the heavens and the earth and the beasts of the field, when I created them, I took a step back and I looked at it and I said, now that's good. I did with you as well. When I created you, when I breathed into your nostrils and gave you life, I had a plan for you. I made you with the right stuff. I made you to mimic me. And despite how you got here, I brought you here. Whether you were you were born to a two-parent family or you were born from a one-night stand. I brought you here and I have purpose for you. Change your outlook on life, but 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 more than that, change your outlook on how you see yourself. So you can become what God created you to be. Who God, I hope that blessed you. All right, Pastor D.R.E. back here with the headlines. Let's see what's going on in the news today. Uh, something I found on fooddive.com. I want you to be aware of this, but Coca-Cola is actually thinking about experimenting with alcohol drinks. You know, listen, when you're a, a juggernaut like Coca-Cola, do you really need to go there? Uh, but but apparently, they already have some alcoholic drinks 
in other countries and they're thinking about bringing it into the u.s uh so be on the lookout for that um it is funny that you know anybody who knows the <laughs> anybody that knows the original start of coca-cola the history of coca-cola understands that coke used to be in coca-cola you know the cocaine used to be in coke uh it's a wonder why it's a uh, global product now i'm just saying it's not in there now but it used to be in there and so now they're thinking about doing alcohol hmm i don't know how i feel about that you know anyway in other news looking at uh npr this is from npr michael jordan's jersey just sold for 10 million dollars okay let me say that one more time michael jordan jersey sold for 10 million dollars they are saying that it is a record uh for you know an item such as that or for memorabilia memorabilia um and apparently this is the jersey he wore game one of the 1998 nba finals uh where they faced faced against utah jazz you know the whole carl malone uh michael jordan series you know the the great series where he does the pose at the end and he rides off into the sunset game one jersey just went for 10 million dollars i wonder if he's thinking about selling the jersey he wore he wore on the night he actually um closed the series out if this went for 10 million i wonder what that jersey would go for i wonder if he still got it I, i'm not sure but it makes you think okay now in this news this this i find this a little disturbing i'm going to be honest with you this is coming from uh, BET. This is from BET. And so many of us are familiar with the uh, September 15th bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church where it killed four girls. You know, everybody's kind of familiar with that story. They killed, it killed four girls and uh, really kind of uh, set off you know the whole movement civil rights movement you know we had rosa parks but when this happened uh it really uh kicked things into high gear and even made some people who were non-black uh but white folks as well look at the situation that look at our country as a whole and and just say you know this is wrong we have to change and so there was also a fifth young girl uh who is now still seeking or waiting should i say for compensation we know about the four girls that were killed but there is a fifth girl uh well she's not a girl anymore but there was a fifth girl at the time who was 12 years old and in the blast uh it actually took her eye out and uh she was injured uh, very badly and so she has been waiting for compensation all these years this is it's been almost 60 years as a matter of fact it's been 59 years since that that uh horrible day and this lady is still waiting for compensation uh for what happened to her at 12 years old she lost her eye 
and uh, Alabama's just never even tried to uh, admit they were wrong. They've never tried to compensate her. Uh, in the article, it talks about glass still being inside of her, and uh, it's it's just a shame. It really is a shame. And the the lady's name is. Let me see if I can find her name real quick. Her name is Sarah Collins Rudolph. Sarah Collins Rudolph. And so she was actually one of the sisters of of one of the the uh, girls killed in that bo- in that bombing. And so it's it's just sad. It's it's a sad situation. Listen, we're we're in such a uh, 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 we've moved forward a lot, okay? Give this woman, first of all, give her an apology, okay? But secondly, you know, give this woman compensation. I don't understand why it's taking so long. And so it also goes into the article. It, it talks about Rudolph is paying off a medical bill for work on the pros- prosthetic she wears in place of her right eye. It took her right eye out, so she has a prosthetic there. And she's paying medical bills. She shouldn't have to pay another medical bill in her life. Uh, but unfortunately, people are being slow. And and I just wonder sometimes, had it been a different situation or a different person, would this be done already? Now, let me go on to this, this, this article here. Uh, and this is very disturbing, okay? Uh, very, very disturbing. And uh, so I don't know if you've been paying attention, but there is a quarterback or an ex-quarterback by the name of Brett Favre. Those who are sports fans, particularly Green Bay fans, know who Brett Favre is. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And... Um, he has been caught up in one of the biggest scandals going on right now in Mississippi. So I'm just going to give you a brief synopsis of the story. Apparently, Brett Favre, who has made over a hundred million dollars in his NFL career, and that's just on the field. We're not even talking about endorsements. He has made over a hundred million dollars. Uh, apparently was part of a scheme to uh, misspend or misappropriate, I think it's the word, um, millions of dollars from welfare funds intended for the nation's poorest residents. Let that sink in. He was part of a a scandal that robbed welfare funds to actually the the article goes into uh, secure funding for USM's volleyball stadium you cannot make this up and his daughter at the time was on the volleyball team so they took welfare welfare funds 
that is meant to help people who are less fortunate. They took welfare funds to build a volleyball stadium. Not not just a volleyball stadium, but he was actually caught up in the scandal too. And from what I can tell, it came to about $5 million to help build a $5 million uh, volleyball stadium. And he had received, he's received millions of dollars to help help this happen. Now, there's a lot more that's going on. There's, there's a lot of moving parts to this uh, as well. Uh, through the whole scandal, um, his part was $5 million, but the whole scandal, they have taken $77 million in welfare funds to do other projects. This comes from, this, this includes Brett Favre, it includes the previous governor. Uh, it's, it's really sad in Mississippi. And we must understand, Mississippi is the poorest state in our nation. It is the poorest state in our nation. And when you consider what they are dealing with right now uh, in the capital city, which is uh, Jacksonville, uh, excuse me, Jackson, they had the whole water issue. I think I reported this a couple weeks ago where they could not get running water clean water and they're saying the city was broke you know it's going to take a lot of money to get this done and so you see this article where the governor or the ex-governor and some other powerful people uh, have taken welfare funds welfare funds in excess of 77 million dollars from their residents and five million of that went to build a volleyball stadium that brett Favre's daughter was on and it was made to see from what i can gather now i could be wrong but from what i'm reading it was made to seem like he donated the money but he got in contact with somebody and and used the welfare funds to pay for it. This, this story makes no sense. This, this is a horrible story. This is a horrible story. And I'm not hearing, I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm not hearing the outcry that I feel like I should be hearing when you consider what that city with Jackson, Mississippi is dealing with right now with the water situation and the fact that it is the poorest state in our nation. I don't hear the outcry. And the only thing I can think of, the reason I'm not hearing this outcry is because of the color of his skin and because of who he is. I, it's, it's sad because well, I, I won't go there, but but you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. It's it's a sad situation. I hope that you know the state of Mississippi, first of all, seeks justice and then gets just justice. And 
um I hope the outcry becomes a little louder because for someone who's made over a hundred million dollars in his career just on the field that's not including his Levi commercials uh the razor blade commercials uh, I mean the shape the shaving club the the copper uh the copper um deal he has you know with the the knee uh bandages and the arm braces the copper thing that's not counting any of that for him to make all of that money and steal from the poorest people in our nation is a tragedy so anyway that's the headlines for today i i just i just hope you got something out of this i i want you to know what's going on don't be sleep be aware of what's going on don't don't drown yourself in news but please stay aware of what's going on all right i'll be back this is pastor dre and what i want to tell you is knowledge is power as a matter of fact the bible says my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge well i have a recommendation for you and that is the youtube channel earn your leisure that's right earn your leisure on this channel you will be flooded with knowledge on this channel they bring on some of the top people in their field and they give you the knowledge absolutely free so now listen whether it be subjects like finance as far as building wealth or saving or maybe you want to know about stock options what you should invest in or maybe you just want to know the information that many of the upper class know this is the channel for you check them out earn your leisure all right back here with you hope that you've been enjoying the show and we're getting ready to come to an end but i would count it highway robbery if i didn't speak on this for a moment anybody that knows me knows that i'm very passionate about family i'm very passionate about relationships and so this is what i'm going to end uh this session with men and women need to be understanding about what each one of us are going through and what i mean by that is a lot of times when you meet somebody you're meeting them at that present time you're meeting them at that present time you're meeting them when when they're usually putting their best foot forward you're meeting them when they have moved on from certain things what you don't meet you know right off the bat many times or don't recognize many times is what they have went through in their past everybody has a past everybody has gone through things in their past you know um some people may say mine was worse than yours yours was worse than mine it doesn't matter everybody has a past and sometimes a person's past really does unfortunately uh bleed into their future many times their past affects how they trust people it affects how they look at themselves it affects everything about them and so when you're meeting somebody if you can see the good in them also be willing to see 
the I won't say the bad, but the issue in them. If you can love me when I'm good, if you can talk about how great I am, if I have if I happen to have a flashback or I happen to have a moment, be understanding. Especially when you talk about relationships. You know, there are a lot of good men out there who's just had a very bad past and all they need is someone to understand them. Not um, you know, talk about them but understand them. There are a lot of good women out here who can be very good for you, but they have a past. And so you have to leave yourself open to understand a person's past. This is what relationships is built on. It's not built on so much what you met when you first met me. It's you sticking by my side, understanding me, and we working through this thing together. Now, the person who has the issue has to be willing to admit they have the issue and they have to be willing to change it. But if that person is willing to address the issue, they are willing to work on the issue. Don't throw that person away. You might be throwing the best person in your life away. You might be throwing away the person that's going to bless you, you know, when when no one else will bless you. You might be throwing away the person that's going to stick by you when nobody else will stick by you, you know, because you decided this little thing that you saw in them just freaked you out and you judged them prematurely. Don't do that. Be, be willing to walk with me you know if you say you love me be willing to walk with me and so all I'm saying is give people a little mercy uh, when you see they have a past when you see them dealing with issues because all of us have issues and Christ dealt with us with our issues and is still dealing with us in our issues you know I know some of us would like to portray that we don't have problems but everybody has problems everybody goes through and if we are going to take on the character of Christ and the mind of Christ, we need to be like he is and stick with them and pray for them and help them on their journey. All right. That's all I got for this week. I hope that you enjoyed the show. You all be blessed.